This podcast is for the purposes of providing information only and is not providing legal advice. Although we may have attorneys speaking during this podcast, no attorney-client relationship exists. As always, we recommend you consult with an attorney about your specific issue. This episode of Dream Podcast, Truth About Immigration, is brought to you by Hippie Girl Natural Products. Our products are handmade, environmentally friendly, and we cultivate the herbs and flowers used in our garden. If you'd like to try a product at 50% off, go to hippiegirlnaturalproducts.com and use coupon code DREAM. Hey guys, welcome to episode two of season two of the Dream Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is a continuation of episode one. So if you have not heard this, we encourage you to go back and listen to episode one. If so, if you're joining us again, we welcome you back. We're going to go ahead and dive into the conversation. Um, another news thing that I, I wanted to bring up was there was a complaint filed against Locally, El Paso judges. Yeah. yeah. Um, had you heard about this complaint? Um, I, I had I had read about it, but I would definitely love if you can like enlighten us on, on like what the complaint was about and about. Um, we'll, we'll tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So what happened was that there was a complaint filed against El Paso judges. Um, it was filed by the American Immigration Council and AILA, American Immigration Lawyers Association, um, and this was the beginning of this month, beginning of April. And they filed a complaint, essentially, there's a lot of stuff that they allege in the complaint, but one of the big things is a violation of due process rights, uh, things like that. Um, and it's just really interesting because I've practiced before pretty much all of the judges in El Paso. Well, of course, I've practiced for, in front of all the judges in El Paso. So we have, we've talked about it before, we have detention centers in Sierra Blanca, we have detention centers in Otero, we have the El Paso detention centers. So in El Paso, we have two courts. We have the non-detained dockets, uh, people who are not in detention, we have the detained docket, and then we have Otero, which is technically in New Mexico, it's a whole other circuit, but it's mostly handled by El Paso attorneys. Um, and it, as of, mm, I don't know, like a year, it has its own judges. Um, it, they have their own uh, chief counsels, assistant chief counsels. And it's just interesting to me because I actually think, I don't know if it's just that we've gotten so used to the things that the El Paso judges do, or it's so bad in other places like Otero that, that to us, like I would much prefer to have any of the El Paso judges. You know, I think mm, it's just, it's everything is just so crazy right now. Like right. Um, the judges in Otero, it's almost like, I, I want to tell the judges sometimes, like, why are we even having a bond hearing? Because this is just a joke. And this is before any of this stuff goes into effect with where they're supposed to deny oh. um, bonds, which isn't in, even in effect yet. But it's kind of like a farce. It's like, why are we even having a bond hearing when you're going to deny the bond hearing no matter what? So if anything, I think that a complaint should also be filed. I think it's awesome that they filed a complaint because it does bring to light mm -hmm. a lot of the things that we face as immigration attorneys that are in the private sector. But... Like, I feel like when I go to court in Otero, it's not like the government attorney and a judge. It's like two government attorneys. I mean, it's pretty crazy out there. Something that I, I mean, I don't really know anything about this. So when you say filing a complaint, who is that to and what, what process does that start? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't like, know. I don't know what will come of this. Okay. Um it's two organizations here that like Well, they're both they're both national organizations. I right. can tell you if nothing else there's been a lot of um attention brought to the issue. Right. But I'm also a little bit I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree and I think some of my colleagues would agree. I don't know if I necessarily agree with some of the complaints that that were contained in the complaint. <laughs> some okay, of the okay. some of the allegations contained in the complaint. Um there's there's certain things that that I understand how from an outsider it would seem like they're not good but like for example in Otero yeah so 
Um, we will have stuff before a judge. The judge will make a decision I don't agree with, mm-hmm. and I will want to appeal the judge, right? Okay. And so it would go to the Board of Immigration's appeals. Um, instead of allowing us time to actually get a response on an appeal, which granted can take a very, very long time, instead of allowing time for there to be a response, which can be on very substantive issues like pleadings, mm-hmm. instead of allowing a response and a possible reprimand and being told that their decision is wrong, they will force us to litigate the case before we can get a response on an appeal, which is essentially an issue that, that should be addressed with the Board of Immigration Appeals because they're taking so long on appeals. But it's just kind of a mess because why don't you let them look at your decision and see if they agree with your decision or not? You're mm. so... I don't know. I, I really think that, that we need to, and I would like to um, contact these organizations about filing a complaint against those judges because okay. it's worse. I think it's about 10 times worse than it is in El Paso. And but it, if nothing else, <clears throat> it's brought a lot of attention to the issue. So if anything, I think maybe that's it. You know, by, by filing that complaint, it becomes news and maybe affects public opinion because all these are positions that are voted in, right? Judges and... Yeah, and, and there is... A lot of, um, there's a lot of national, they're appointed positions, not voted in a uh, position. These are from national judges? Like, for judges, yeah. yeah. For, for, for immigration judges. But if nothing else, there is a lot of national national coverage, news coverage. I've been contacted by national news, things like, uh, you know, CBS and things like that, where I've kind of pointed these these things out to them. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this complaint. like, And they are getting a little bit of, of coverage and traction and people are kind of starting to realize the issues that we've been dealing with for a really long time. There is a, a website called TRAC, T-R-E-C, and I think it's through the University of Syracuse or, or somewhere like that, and they keep hmm. numbers on approvals, uh, asylum approvals, and, and different statistics like that across the nation. And El Paso is, I, I want to say, like in the top five worst places to present an asylum case. Wow. And that's the other issue with bonds getting denied, which we talked about. I think we're splitting this into two episodes, so go check out the first episode. Right. But we talk about... Um, judges no longer having jurisdiction to grant bonds. And so that's another issue. You're being forced to present your asylum case in jurisdictions that are not good jurisdictions, that are some of the worst jurisdictions to present asylum cases, some of the toughest and harshest. Which I think also goes against like the the misinformation of these are the parts that everyone's going through, making it easier. Oh, and sometimes they'll move people. Like if somebody comes in through California and they have a gang-based asylum case where it would be a valid asylum claim, they'll move them to Texas. Yeah. I didn't know that. Or Fifth Circuit. But like, for example, El Paso, in that that complaint that was filed, and that complaint was filed April 3rd, 2019, if anyone wants to use the the handy Googles. Um, In that complaint, they do, and I think the numbers are from track, but between 2013 and 2017, 31 out of 808 asylum cases were approved, which is 3.84 asylum cases. It's a pretty low percentage. Yeah, so people... I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, so people that say, you know, like, um, I don't know, people that are very anti-asylum, I think, need to understand that it's not, like... It's already pretty tough. Yeah, it's already pretty tough. So I think it's just interesting because El Paso is a border city. You would think that um, we would have a higher approval rating with asylum cases. You would think that judges would be more sympathetic for asylum cases or actually approving valid asylum claims. Mm -hmm. But... I, don't, I think it's just interesting that El Paso, of all places, is one of the worst places to present an asylum case. Oh. Yeah. So that being said, on that downer of a note of <laughs> less than 5%, I always tell my clients less than 5% of uh, asylum cases are approved in El Paso. Do you want to present your asylum case or not? And then that's just like, you know, managing expectations. I think one of the big things that we have to do with asylum cases is with 
immigration in general is managed expectations because okay. people think that they do have a good asylum claim because they've legitimately suffered harm. They've lived They've lived it. They've lived it. They've been yeah. shot. Hey, this guy shot me. Hey, I can't go back. Like, I'm going to die if I go back. Great, but is it a gang-based asylum case? Oh, sorry, you don't have a good asylum case, you know? But the only thing that you can do is be honest with people, yeah. right? And tell them, hey... This is in El Paso. We have less than a 5% approval rating on asylum cases. Um, you don't have that strong of an asylum case. Do you want to do it or not? You know, and then it's are, up to them. Um, just out of curiosity, are, like, are asylum cases granted a little more better north of the border? Like like further in the interior? Like just, yeah, like say northern border. Den- Canada or like further, like way, way north. Well, Canada has its own its own stuff when it comes to, it has their whole, their own whole immigration system. Right. Um, okay. But I can say in the interior, like more in the interior cities, they do approve asylum cases a lot more like So if Denver. someone can get that way somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do try to do, when people get out on bond, we do try to do change of venues. Well, I mean, first of all, if you're living in, you know, Florida, you don't want to have to come to El Paso to present your asylum case. Um, there was a bunch of Cubans. I was in court today too, and there was a bunch of Cubans, and some of them were in Florida, and they came here for their hearing. So you don't want to have to do that. So you want to do change of venues, but now that people aren't getting out on bond, you're also not going to be able to do change of venues. So you're going to be really clogging up the courts in places that are ports of entry, like El Paso. So El Paso courts are going to be very, on very clogged. On top of everything else, it's already on top of everything yeah. else. I mean, our judges are bursting right now. Bursting. They're even talking about. One of the judges was saying that. They're thinking of doing when he's not there. So when his court is dark is what it's called. They're thinking of doing televideo and having judges from other places or even the detained docket handle some of those cases because uh-huh. they have the juvenile cases, they have the caravan cases. So it's they're just really, really busy. Interesting. Push to the max. But that being said, I do want to do a new... So I'm a big fan of a podcast called My Favorite Murder. And it was one of the podcasts that inspired me to record a podcast and just kind of like do it. And so they do at the end of their podcast, they do a fucking, <laughs> fucking hooray. Have you, ever listen, have you ever listened to this podcast? No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. You have to check it out. Um, but like as an homage to them, I kind of want to do like our own little fucking hooray that's going to be like I, podcast slash book corner because I think you and I are both like nerds, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I own that proudly. So tell me what you're listening to. What are you reading? What's going on in your life, Richie? Because you know what, too? I went back and listened to a lot of the old episodes, and I feel like we were so like rushed and getting to the point on things that, um, I don't know, I think we need to just chill out more and talk about you know, regular people things, <laughs> not just <laughs> immigration all the time. So oh. tell me, tell me, do you want me to give mine first while you're... I'm very involved in the local literary scene, so that's something I support a lot. You know, so in terms of what I'm I'm currently reading, uh, I do want to give two plugs. Uh, one is a, a local poet who has been going to my open mics, you know, and she represents Juarez El Paso. And she did this uh, this book of poetry called The Mess You Made. Her name is Samantha Pichado. And uh, she, uh, yeah, she gave to me a copy of her book. And uh, it's really great. And I think um, she connects to a lot of people. The Mess You Made. The Mess You Made. It's a book of poems. And um, I think she's just selling them on her own right now. It's self-published. Like, she's carried books and she's been selling them so I think that she should print more so people can check it out so where can people find it can people uh, yeah, order you just gotta con- you have yeah, no you idea. have to contact her <laughs> no you have to con- it's like it's not have you read it it's yet, not mass you- distributed I have been reading it cool. I've heard a lot of the poems I've had her on my podcast too to share a couple of poems on there but which is the B-Woms podcast yeah the B-Woms podcast and 
Um, so it's cool to see her doing her thing. It's her first book, and um, she's just been going to open mics and readings and, and selling like her books there. Uh, the other one is I, I just met this author recently. Wait, before you get, well, on, you get yeah. off of that, when's the next um, open mic? How, well, well, how often are you doing open mics now? Well, we haven't done an episode in like eight, like forever <laughs> months. So, <laughs> Well, I'm not really sure when, when you guys will be listening to this, but... You know, definitely check out Barbara Open Mic, and and we have, I mean, we have at least, you know, at least ten a month that are weekly, bi-weekly, once a month. Uh, we are part of Last Thursdays. If you were listening earlier, we were talking about Last Thursdays Art Crawl, and we do have one downtown, Be Scenting Bombers, and Black Orchid Lounge. We work with the station. We have um, some coffee shops as well for you know. Oh, you do them at the station too. That's yeah, we're cool. at the station yeah. at sunset and uh, last night even. Um, so those are fun. Uh, come check it out if you ever want to share your own stuff. And um, it's a creation of community. I was thinking, you know, I've said this already too in this episode a couple times, but it's important to hear uh, people's people who live in the community. Like, what are their thoughts? What are their concerns? What are their hopes? And you know, you'll be amazed how much of it connects with other people. And so, yeah, Samantha Pichadolo, The Mess You Made. It's a book of poems. Check it out. Like, you can just find her online, just uh, Samantha Pichadolo. That's P-A-C-H-A-R-D-O. Hit her up. She's got some books. I think she's probably probably even sold out, which is always a great thing. That is a good know? thing. Because um, she's and been touring to Kelly. The other book I want to mention, if yeah, I can really yeah, quick. Yeah, you were. Is, uh, I interrupted you again. Through, <laughs> so even when I hear you, fine. I interrupt you. <laughs> It's so cool though, but uh, uh, one of the things that that we um, I also do is is a group called Papagayo. Yes. At PCC, and we recently we, did a visit yes, there. Yes, we did. We didn't even, we didn't we even didn't mention that. that yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so for the podcast, we we stopped by um, community college and we spoke about podcasting to your students. That was really cool. Yeah, we had some show up. It, it was a uh, straight after spring break, which I think is always a, a tough crowd, but we had some people show up and we talked about podcasting. We spoke specifically about this one and Mario got to get involved and talk a little bit about like the different types of microphones and, and, and ways cool. of recording. Thank you for having us. That was really uh, so cool. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah. And so um, for, we had a, an author, she's from Peru. You know, she's also has the immigrant experience and she, she's grown up in the U.S. And so she has a, her second book that's been published. It's called Everyone Knows You Go Home. Uh, the author is Natalia Sylvester. And um, it's a really great book about a family, too, who's like generational migration experiences. And um, definitely recommend that if you guys like to read, look, go find that book. You can pretty much find it anywhere. It's it's published. It's out in bookstores. Um, the author is very down to earth, very cool person, and um, yeah, check it out. It's a, it's a and what about book. podcasts? What are you listening to? In terms of podcasts, um, so one of my favorite that I listen to all the time is uh, Harmon Town. And it, it is very, uh, it's it's out there. It's absurd. So the it's based around Dan Harmon, who's the creator of one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Community. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Community, and, and it's just uh, he he's also, of course, one of the head writers of Rick and Morty, which I think more people might more know of or know more of. And uh, oh yeah, for it's sure. Just, yeah. It's just him and his friends, like oh, impro- I have heard, improvising. I have heard of it. Yeah, they're joking around. Um, <laughs> He's just an old man just reflecting on mortality and life. And uh, it's just, uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> and then, of course, there's a lot of really good podcasts, too, all around on just knowledge. And um, one one that I listen to every morning is uh, NPR. Me too. Up first. Yeah, yeah up yeah. first. Up best. first is I, awesome. It's my alarm. 
Yeah, alarm up first is awesome. Push news up first. It's like it just I love gives how, you the, the runs down the news. I, and I love how it's so short. Like exactly. Know. So yeah. that's a good segue. So you listen to that one, and what yes, else? Yes, I li- I listen to up first. I try to do um, every day. Sometimes I'll do Rachel Maddow. Um, ah, she's but great. She's great. Um, but her her podcast is a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two are kind of like staples. I of course do, and you're gonna do my favorite murder now too. I'm gonna turn you on to I that. I gotta check that out. But yeah. I'm a big fan of like true crime, so uh, they have a new one. It's my favorite murder is really cool because it's these two girls who started this podcast, right? And um, now they're at the point where they have their own. Uh, what's the word? Um, like a they have their own podcast, so like a line okay. of podcasts. Oh wow! Like um, a network. Yeah, podcast network. So they have their own podcast podcast network now, and so one of the podcasts that they have is um, one called the Murder Squad. So I've been kind of listening to those a little bit, but I'm doing um, I'm look, scrolling through my podcast right now. There's one that I've been wanting to listen to that I haven't really um, had time to listen to, but it's called What Trump Can Teach Us About Con Law. So it's what? constitutional law. Oh wow. And it's really cool because it, it'll get into like executive privilege, the 25th Amendment, birthright citizenship. <laughs> so if you're into this podcast, you might, might That's dig very that. Niche. <laughs> yeah, it. it's pretty niche. Um, but I haven't had time to listen to it because I've been doing an audio book. Um, I've been doing, there's, um, I'm, I'm part of, <laughs> I'm part of um, a group on Facebook that's, um, I don't even know which one it is. I think it, it's the one that's called Boss Lady. Uh, hmm. e- boss lady ESQ, so it's all like female attorneys, and um, they kept talking about this. Po- I think it was on that group that they kept talking about this book called Profit First, and so hmm. I found it on audio um, because I, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going back and reading Game of Thrones for nice. like the third time, and so I read that at night, like when I fall asleep. Uh, but I want to do Profit First and really like you know pay attention to it, and I can't fall asleep to that necessarily. So. It's always a good read when you like, you're just so involved and intrigued that you just end up staying up reading it. Yeah, yeah. And profits first is I really wanted to like be coherent for it, like not sleepy. <laughs> so I started listening to this audiobook called Profits First, and the concept is, um, you know, it's for entrepreneurs. Well, it's really for anybody, um, but it kind of flips on its head the idea of how we we run our businesses and how we tend to do this thing where you just look at your bank account and how, okay, how much money do I have? And that's how I'm going to base, uh, you know, what I can spend this month. And so the concept is it's kind of a mix of paying yourself and also, um, like surviving lean. So, you know, serving yourself a smaller plate. He talks about serving yourself a smaller plate. If you have a smaller plate, you eat less. So, um, pay yourself first and then you can also learn where you need to, to cut things in your business. So it's been pretty cool. Um, I definitely recommend it. I'm only like three chapters in, but um, I haven't been doing a lot of podcasts because I've been doing audiobook, but it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm is doing- great when you're driving, you know, like cleaning, yeah. like yeah. to be able to just listen to the audio. And I do drive to Otero for di- for hearing, so. Ah, that's, that's a, that's a yeah. drive. <laughs> and then sometimes we lose service, so, you know, the audiobook's cool. But yeah, that's our uh, our podcast book corner. Homage cool. to my favorite murder. And also, if you guys want to, like, like, always, you know, if you have any input or feedback on what shirts. you want to hear, we have merchandise. Where can we go find that merchandise? Um, ideally, it would be on the website, but it's not there yet. <laughs> dream, but dream podcast if you, yeah, if you want it, you can email us. We do have the t-shirts. You can email us, dreampodcast01 at gmail.com. The website is dreampodcast.net. Um, I will eventually have a link up there so that All you right. can buy the shirts, but I can't <laughs> say that it's there yet because it's not and feedback is always great if you're listening to this on, on uh, Apple Podcasts iTunes give uh, give us a rating uh, you can also type in comments suggestions like and subscribe 
please share with your friends. Share, like, subscribe, share. Cool. And uh, I can finally say that all at once. Yeah, right. <laughs> it only took a whole season. Yay, we're on season two. Yeah, cue applause. <laughs> Sound effects. Um, awesome. No, thanks for listening. Thank you, Cynthia, for sharing all all your your knowledge and info and we'll be Uh-oh. back I feel like a yap season but it's two good. Is season two up. yes and please guys yeah reach out to us like subscribe share and thank you for listening bye bye this episode of dream podcast truth about immigration is brought to you by su abogada de confianza Cynthia R. Lopez 